Hey, Hannah. Hey, Kate. How's it going? It's good. How are you? What do you got today? I'm doing swell. Uh, today, I decided to make myself a little decaf latte with mm. a little, little cinnamon. Oh. A little maple syrup. Oh. Yeah, just oh. A, little, a little cozy drink Any for a cozy podcast. vanilla in there? You know, I skipped the vanilla today. Okay. Um, unintentionally. <laughs> <laughs> if I had recalled, I would have put it in there. Um, yeah. But I do love a little bit of cinnamon in the coffee. Mm. Um, that little espresso flavor. Yeah. That was yeah, so good. I'm just classing it up a little today. Upgrade from my, my usual water. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of which, I need to order some of those Nespresso pods. I've been wanting so to do easy. some decaf. Yeah. yeah. You know, might not be practical, but it's easy. <laughs> so, yeah, and it's kind of fun. You just it turn is. on the machine. And... Yeah, and I actually think it makes me drink less coffee in a way. Like, if oh. I make a pot of coffee, like, I'm more tempted to keep refilling my mug. Yeah. And drinking more coffee and more caffeine. Yeah. But if I have a little Nespresso pod, you know, I know in my head, I'm like, okay, this isn't the most cost-efficient thing to do to get coffee. So really enjoy this cup that you're drinking now and yeah and i'm not going to just be all willy-nilly with my caffeine consumption yeah like well that's a great way to think about it you know yeah, yeah. so I, yeah, I think it all evens up in the end mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh but what do you have today kate um well surprise surprise i have another hot chocolate element okay i was my <laughs> other guess would have been a green tea yeah <laughs> yeah today hot chocolate element and i have the salted caramel hot chocolate mm, so so good it's delicious. Highly good. recommend. Love Element. Mm-hmm. Love the chocolate flavors. Yes. Me too. Okay. Ready to get into it? Let's do it. Howdy from Houston. I'm Kate. And I'm Hannah. And today we're going to talk about a little personal update. Yeah. So this is kind of a new idea, kind of like last week's episode was a new idea. This one we just kind of want to do two or three times a year mm-hmm. just to be like, hey, what are we listening to? Like what podcast shows? What books are we yeah, reading? What little, little Q&A. What, what, what's our other one? What food are we making? Yeah. What, what dishes? And then we'll wrap it up with the ultimate question mm. of what specialty we are most interested in pursuing at this point in time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That would be just kind of like a fun thing to check in on throughout the year as we continue to go through um, our schooling. And like right now we're in neuro and it's super fascinating and mm-hmm. it feels like every other day it's like, wow, maybe I'm interested in neurology. And then, you know, we'll get into like the GI block and be like, wow, I'm interested in being a GI doc, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So, well, um, and yeah. then our first week of neuro, we learned about, obviously, neuroscience has started. So I was like, okay, maybe I want to be a neurologist. Mm-hmm. Then the next day, we started to learn a little bit about, like, psychiatric things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I want to be a psychiatrist. Yeah, yeah. that's what I want to do. And then we started <laughs> to learn about anesthesia. And I was like, okay, I want to be an anesthesiologist. And then we learned about, like, pain and how interesting and complex mm-hmm. that is. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll be a pain doctor. Yeah, pain And that, too. yeah. And that all happened within the first week back from winter break. For me. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so we'll see where we are yeah. four or five months from now when we check in again. <laughs> we might have to do a, um, not just what specialty you're interested in at that moment, but how many different specialties you've been interested in since the last check-in. <laughs> yeah. Like seriously interested. Seriously interested in, not just yeah. a fleeting a fleeting desire. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll just do a little little portion check-in. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna start with you, Kate. Oh, okay. Um, tell me about what you're reading right now. What I'm reading. Mm-hmm. Um, so one book I read recently that I really loved. It's called How to Fail 
and still win big. How which, to fail and still win big. Yeah, okay. which I feel like this book is like super applicable for everyone because mm-hmm. everyone's failed and everyone wants to win. I would hope. <laughs> I would hope. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I want to win. So I thought this book was great. Um, basically, this the author is the author of the comic strip Dilbert. Mm. What's his name? Um, Scott Adams. Scott Adams. Scott Sorry, Adams. Yeah. <laughs> so he is the author of Dilbert, like I mentioned. And it's kind of crazy. He's been through so many different entrepreneurial adventures. And mm. all of them have failed, except for Dilbert. Like, he learned how to code to make a computer game. Mm-hmm. That was that ended up being way, way, way too behind the times because technology progresses so quickly. Right. So after years and years of working on that, he was like, oh, this isn't going to work anymore. You know? And mm-hmm. he had a couple of restaurants. That failed. Mm-hmm. He... Um, he did a couple, a bunch of other things too. Those are just the big ones I remember off the top of my head. And he also worked in corporate for a really long time and Mm. which gave him the inspiration (laughs) for Delbert. Yes. Yeah. But what he says in this book is that you have to just keep trying things because Mm. you never really know what's going to stick. So try things that are interesting to you Mm -hmm. and try things that you actually enjoy because if it fails, you know, at least you enjoyed doing that, right? But you learned something from it. Yeah, like not being afraid to take a little bit of a risk. Exactly. For something that could potentially have a huge reward. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think enjoying what you're doing too, even if it might not work out, mm-hmm. is such a huge thing because then if it doesn't work out and you didn't even enjoy it, it feels a lot more like a waste of time yeah. than like. I don't know. Like for me, I think about um, yoga. So I am a certified yoga teacher and I've kind of taught on and off and um, I'm hoping to start teaching again soon because I just really enjoy it. But I'm not teaching from a place of, oh, I want to teach. I want to make money, like all this stuff. No, I'm teaching because like I really enjoy doing yoga and I really enjoy teaching and Mm -hmm. I think it's a fun way to bring people together in community. Yeah. Um, and it's just, like, for me, it's I know it's really good for my body, and I just want to share that with people. So, like, nice. that not being, like, a super successful thing for me is, like, totally fine because I just enjoy doing it. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, but, like, I guess, yeah. So, his main thing is you want to learn through your failures and take skills from everything because he says to make Dilbert successful, he had to use, like, lessons he learned from all his different failures throughout right. his life. So, um, that's a big thing. And you can't learn if you don't give it a shot. Right. You know, I think it sometimes feels like people are too afraid to just, like, take that first step mm-hmm. because they're afraid of failing and they're afraid of, you know, messing up and, like, falling on their butt, things yeah. like that. But, like, I don't know. I always think people who try new things are, like, really cool, you yeah. know? And if it doesn't work out, it's like, oh. Okay, well, that's okay, you know. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people might be, you know, probably myself included with a lot of things, just so concerned about the opinion of others. Oh, my gosh, And yeah. the, view, the viewpoint that other people might have on them, you know, being viewed as a failure. Yeah. Instead of, it may, like, that might be the real fear, not just recognizing in yourself that you failed at something. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, the dealing with personal failure versus your community of people seeing you as a failure. 
Yeah. You know, and once you can kind of get over that, I think, and just recognize, like, it's your life, like, you're living that life, like, you can make your own decisions about it and feel a lot more confident about it and try new things and enjoy them and be willing to mess up. And I, I think a lot about, like, when I was a kid and I... I didn't like doing activities that I wasn't good at. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? I don't, don't think anybody does. Yeah. No, yeah. Like, like sports, for example. Like, I was not very good at, say, like, I don't know, basketball. Like, that was not, mm. that was not what my sport of choice was. Yeah. But um, I, you know, when I was young, young, like, as a little kid and doing rec leagues, whatever, we're all, like, about the same. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, like, middle school time frame when people kind of start to come into their own of what sports they're actually good at, you know? Yeah. And, and I was, like, I made, like, B team or something. And all of a sudden, I'm, like, oh, my gosh, I'm on B team. I'm not good at basketball. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, like... I was like, okay, I never want to play basketball again. But then, you know, as soon as I got over the fact, like, okay, I'm here to just play basketball because it's a fun sport and I'm enjoying yeah. the game. Like, I stopped caring that other people might not see me as a good basketball player because I'm on PT. And I know that's, like, a 12-year-old example. Well, but, like, <laughs> of the it's still, list. it's definitely still, like, applicable, yeah. you know? Like, I think it really taught me a lot of stuff just, like, you know, getting into high school, getting into college, post-college, you know? Yeah. Well, even, like... I don't know. This is just what came to mind first. Of course, a workout mm-hmm. class or something. Right. But like trying a new method of working out or like a new workout class. Like, mm-hmm. don't be afraid to go because like you're afraid you're gonna be the worst one in the class. Like, right. and and even like with school, like I never want to be the smartest person in my class. Like yeah, I, I always want to be. Uh, honestly, I like to be middle of the pack because then boost my <laughs> confidence. Because I am not the least smart person. <laughs> not that there's any. That everyone, usually I'm around, is very smart. Right. But I'm not the least smart, but then I'm also not the smartest. Right. I don't think you want to be the smartest person in a room. No. Because, because there's, you're never going to be the smartest person in the world. So why would you ever want to limit yourself in the space that you're creating? You know, why would you want to be at your peak? Right. Like, wouldn't you want to be in a space where people are teaching you things and you're getting better constantly? Mm-hmm. Except... I would say for me, the one exception mm-hmm. is when I'm taking a yoga class. <laughs> I like to be the best one. <laughs> well, okay, we can do a yoga class together and you can have that title. <laughs> okay. Well, and I didn't even realize that until I went to a yoga class last week and the girl next to me was so good. Mm. And I was like, to be honest, I like, well, and in yoga, it's not really about being competitive. It's about doing what's good for you. Mm-hmm. And so I have a much better time doing that and a much more fun to, time doing that when I'm already the best. <laughs> you can subdue your competitive nature a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I know I have to like see the girl next to me and be like, okay, well now I need to go upside down and do a few, a few handstand push-ups. <laughs> Just a few casual handstand push-ups. Yeah. <laughs> But it's what it's what's good for your body. You exactly. It's what you're feeling. Oh yeah, it's what my body is asking me to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that's anyway, that's what I do. So doing. how to fail and still win big, right? Yes, by okay. Scott Adams. Highly recommend. Easy to read, and he is very satirical, so it's mm. funny. Love that little. Well, he wrote a comic strip. You know? Exactly. It's, it's got to be entertaining. Exactly, and he puts little Dilbert strips in like a few of the chapters here and there. So mm. yeah, Too good. I love that book. Okay. Anyway, what about you, Hannah? Um, I am currently reading. uh, I picked it up a while ago, and then when school kind of got started, I put it down. Mm. (laughs) And so I have picked it back up. Um, Mm -hmm. It's called Lifespan, Mm. uh, Why We Age and Why We Don't Have to. 
Uh, why we don't have to? Why we don't have Ooh, to? Uh, Tell intrigue. me more about a that. Intrigue. Well, just for some credentials here. Uh, mm-hmm. It's written by Dr. David Sinclair. Um, I actually first heard about him through what we'll talk about in our next segment about what we're listening to. Mm. Through one of my favorite podcasts. Um, he was a guest on there and just started looking more into him and what he's been up to he's been doing a lot of research throughout his whole career he is a phd professor of genetics and the co-director um at the center for wait let me get this center for biology and aging research at harvard's medical school oh wow so you that's know, very cool he's uh he's he's got some creds you know mm-hmm. he's an impressive guy yeah uh, but basically he's been doing research for decades on aging and the book really goes through, you know, chapter by chapter of what is happening at a cellular level when we are getting older. And he he presents aging in a totally nuanced way to what we are used to thinking of it as. Like we normally think of aging as this very natural process. It's like, well, this is just what happens. We just get older. You know, your body starts to hurt more when you're doing doing certain activities. Your fitness drops, you gain more weight. You start forgetting things. Your brain isn't as sharp, you know? Yeah, well, who wants that? I don't want I that. I don't want that. People people tell me that, and I'm like, no, I'm going to stay sharp. I'm going to stay fit. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to gain that little bit of weight. I'm <laughs> we were just talking about this. We're like, we're going to be 25-year-old bodies forever. and then we're Until we're 55. Until we're 55. And then and when then we're we'll 55, we can... Have 30-year-old bodies. 30-year-old bodies. Right. Until we're 75. <laughs> we'll have uh, 40-year-old bodies. <laughs> Aging slowly. Yes. Um, but just talking, he talks a lot about, you know, this, that very cellular, cellular level and presents aging as a disease, like mm. a different way, a different perspective on what aging actually looks like. Like if you were to, if you were to approach aging in the field of, in a research field as a disease instead of just something that naturally occurs, your approach to how you would prevent it, it just drastically changes. You know, you're, you're more motivated to find a prevention and to find like a, you know, quote unquote cure than if it's just like, oh, well, it's just the natural process of the body. That's actually really interesting. And like the concept of just accepting things as fact Mm -hmm. and things as quote unquote natural and they're just going to happen. Yeah. That concept just in general is like really interesting too. Yeah. You know, and it's really cool that he was able to take something that's so like, you know, probably all of eternity has just been thought of as like, oh, it just happens Mm -hmm. and be like, well, does it have to happen? Because I feel like in any aspect of like life, the world, whatever, Mm -hmm. like that's a really hard thing to do to see something that's just accepted as fact and be like, like not even just accepted as fact, but like just ingrained in our biology, like, oh, we accept aging like yeah we have elders we have all these and right. our elders are wise and like it's not necessarily bad to age it's just it's just what happens but like yeah. to just frame it in that way is just so interesting to me right and I think you can become older and wiser and not have to let your body degenerate you yeah know? like you can you can maintain a lot of your mental function your muscle tone your digestive ability you know whatever it is yeah without just accepting that this is okay. Well, when I turn, when I turn 50, you know, I just, I, I'm going to be 20 pounds heavier than I was when I was 30, you know, yeah. and it just doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. So this guy, David Sinclair, Dr. David Sinclair, he goes through like 
all sorts of different factors that affect aging. Um, specifically like looking at, like I said, the cell and how it loses its function over time and ways that you can prevent your cells from losing function to break it down to a very simple description. Okay. Um, so he talks about, uh, dieting and like time of day when you can eat, you know, intermittent fasting, that kind of stuff. He talks about exercise, talks about different types of supplements. Um, utilizing stressors in your life like um sleep deprivation or sleeping a certain number of hours you know talking about uh heat and cold you know taking ice baths and i know that's kind of like a on the rise right now um as far as popularity yeah well and even i was thinking about this as i was walking scooby yesterday Mm -hmm. um and it was cold outside and i didn't have enough of a enough like layers on and Mm -hmm. i was like oh this is just like natural cold therapy. Yeah. Because I was like frozen, <laughs> but I was like, okay, got to slow down the breathing. Mm-hmm. I, got, I can't like clench up all my muscles because that's not good for you, even right. though that's just what happens when you're cold. So mm-hmm. like, so like ice baths aside, if you don't, if you can't really do that or you can't go to cryotherapy and stuff like that, because it is pretty pricey um, right. sometimes, just go out in the cold with like and one fewer layer than like maybe you mm. think you need. Or there's like cold showers, you know. Cold showers. Too. Yeah. But um, yeah, anyway, I, don't have, yeah. I don't have necessarily the, the direct recommendations on how to incorporate that into your life. Um, there are a lot of experts out there that, you know, quote unquote experts. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, people out there who have an opinion on um, the best way to utilize those kinds of therapies. But the yeah. book mostly talks about the research and the studies that that both Dr. Sinclair has performed and also other, you know, researchers in the field. Mm -hmm. Um, He also talks about um, utilizing current drugs, like prescription drugs and potential off-label uses for certain things. Uh, He's done a lot of research with things like metformin. Uh, I can't think uh, off the top of my head some of the other ones, but really just interesting application of like new technologies that are coming out. Um, just, just a ton of, ton of new stuff. Um, and he also, um, released a podcast series that correlates with the book. So his book came out, I want, uh, I don't quite remember the year. I think it was like 2016 or 2017. And he released a podcast series. It's like eight episodes, um, that goes along with the book, but provides updates to each chapter and new, information that they've learned from because he's you know ongoing research right he's doing this ongoing research um and wanted to put more information out there for people about what what he originally released with the book yeah so cool yeah and the the podcast has is the same name as the book just lifespan okay cool so if you're a little more of a listener you can yeah go to the podcast Mm -hmm. that's actually how i got into it at first i listened to the podcast first which i don't know if that was the way to do it Mm -hmm. and then i'm reading the book the book definitely gets more into the weeds which is nice um and it's a little easier to just like stop reading the book and then immediately go research something like oh he cited this article let me just look that up real quick versus Like listening to a podcast when you're kind of in the flow and you want to hear how the conversation's going, you know, you don't necessarily press, press pause or maybe you're in the car and you can't just like whip out your laptop and yeah. <laughs> Google something. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I think, I think whatever order, it's a good order, but I really enjoyed listening to the podcast. It went by super fast. Um, and then so far I've really, really enjoyed the book. Cool. So yeah. That's right. That's really interesting. Stopping aging. Stopping aging. Reversing Life's aging. Maybe. Reversing. Who knows? Wow. But. Yeah, I, d- I listened to the first episode and I remember him saying, like, there's no reason we can't live for, like, 
over a hundred years. Well, that's really kind of what got me interested because yeah. he started talking a little bit about um, human history and the there's a little bit of debate on more ancient times of how long people actually lived. Like what was their lifespan in the year, you know, 500 BC, you yeah. know, like <laughs> how old were people? <laughs> That's really interesting. Well, and even like in the caveman days, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I wonder if they more died of natural causes or maybe because their shelter wasn't mm-hmm. or like predatory. Right? Effects, or predatory. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like how long could they have lived if they weren't, you know, like, yeah, if they were taking care of themselves, <laughs> like, we know how to. Tiger to <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, if they were, like, taking care of themselves, like, we know how to today. Right. Yeah. Interesting. So, very interesting. Think about. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm reading. Lifespan. Cool. Pretty good book. Um, mm-hmm. All right. I alluded to this before, but what we're currently listening to, our favorite podcast. Kate, why don't you share with us? Mm, my favorite podcast right now. I would say, um, well, one of my favorites is the Optimal Body Podcast. The Optimal Body Podcast. It's with doctors Jen and, oh, forget her husband's name, Dom. Jen and, Jen Dom, and Dom for Brony. Um, and they are doctors of physical therapy. Hmm. Um, so they are really, really knowledgeable about how movement can really help you in more ways than just if you have an injury. Hmm. So... In that, like, it can help with chronic pain. And it can help with, you know, if you're not feeling your best self. Mm -hmm. It can help with so many things. It can help wake you up. Like, Mm -hmm. I use um, a lot of her videos during my study breaks. Like, five-minute study break. Okay, I'll just do a few. And now, at this point, I've watched so many videos that I can just do it myself. So, (laughs) I just do a little mobility sequence. So, I definitely love everything they've had to offer so far. And... They started their podcast a couple years ago, and I just, like, they have, they, since it's optimal body, they cover so many topics. Mm-hmm. Like, everything from, like, mental health to physical health and all the stuff How in between. Yeah. Nutrition, yeah. So, I'm going to link a few of my favorite episodes in the show notes, mm-hmm. um, but just for time's sake, and so I don't blabber <laughs> on and on about <laughs> all the episodes I want to recommend to you guys. I'm going to just um, recommend... Two, if you'd like to check it out and get started. Um, the first one I would recommend is called, is their episode 249, The Tools and Techniques Necessary to Combat Chronic Stress with Dr. David Rabin. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Okay. But I thought that was a really interesting episode because they, they talk about chronic stress. And in particular in this episode, they talk about physical touch. And how that can really help reduce, like, stress, especially in the moment. Mm. Like, if you think about getting a hug from someone. Oh, yeah. Or giving a hug to someone. I guess that goes both ways. Yeah. Hugging. It's just, like, so so calming. It's just, like, you're having a bad day. You just need a hug. Yeah. Like, last, last week, like, I remember, like, having a really rough week and coming home from class and just immediately, like, Kate, I, I need a hug. (laughs) Yeah. And it helped so much just having a little personal connection feeling like somebody cares about you, you know, and they might not understand what you're feeling, but they care, you know? Yeah, I know. And yeah, and it's just, it is a great way to show you care. And so this guy, Dr. David Ravine, he came up with a device. A device. To give you a hug when I move. No, just kidding. (laughs) 
<laughs> but it's a body pillow. It's, it's big. <laughs> no, but he came up with a device called, it's called um, Apollo. So I think if you Google like Apollo. Not spaceship. Sense, yeah, not spaceship. Um, <laughs> maybe it'll make more sense when I explain. But it's, there. this device has seven different experiences where it sends out little sound waves mm. that you can't hear, but the sensors on your skin, so your, your um, pressure receptors, I'm pretty sure it would be, or like the mm-hmm. vibration receptors mm-hmm. on your skin can sense it. And so it feels like, it can feel like you're getting a hug if you're on a certain setting. So it's seven different settings. And he was talking about its settings to wake you up and give you more energy all the way to like just like a mild, milder form of energy Mm -hmm. to like a kind of just like through the day or I don't know, but everything up to like deep sleep. Mm. So So where does the hug fall in line? So there's like a relaxation one. Mm -hmm. There's like a deeper relaxation one and then there's like a deep sleep. So it's like... I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was definitely a range from, like, morning cup of coffee to you're knocked out for Mm. sleeping. Interesting. Yeah. And I guess you just, like, wear this device, and it does that. And I looked it up on his website, and it was very interesting. Like, I would really love to try this out. I just just want to learn more about the the technology behind it and, like, the research that was done with it. Do you know if it's it's on the market, like, FDA approved and all that? You know, I... I don't know. Maybe I can do a quick. Yeah. It's, it is kind of fun since we learn about that stuff in school. Yeah. Um, about like how to get a device from just an idea to the medical market and what kind of red tape you have to get through and what kind of clinical trials or testing or, you know, surveying things you have to get done before it's approved because, because it's, you know, it's stuff that's actively changing somebody's body, which is a little more intense than, you know, a lot of other just products in the regular commercial world. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, okay. Quick Google. Quick Google. It's called, uh, the website is apolloneuro.com. The device is $349 and it looks like a little Apple watch. Mm, so you wear it like a watch. I was thinking yeah. it was like a patch on your arm or something. Yeah. So it's like a little watch Okay. and, uh, uses are for relaxation, sleep, Focus, recovery, energy, meditation, and Hugs. socializing. <laughs> yeah. So, very interesting. They have an app that goes with it. Um, and when you buy it, you get access to the app. So, and you can, they have different band sizes. Um, so, that was a really cool part of that episode. And they also just talk about, like, you know, tools to combat, like, chronic stress, which I feel like a lot of us kind of the, on that on the, the podcast episode, episode? sorry okay. yeah back yeah. to the podcast back episode. To the episode they yeah tools to combat chronic stress nice which um i don't know i feel like we can all get a few takeaways from things like that just yeah stress is life sometimes. stress is life <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, yeah we definitely feel stress frequently you would say <laughs> that is a common occurrence yeah yeah um and so, okay, and one more episode I will recommend mm-hmm. from this podcast is episode 251, Understanding Electrolytes, Sodium Intake, and Diet with Rob Wolf, who, Rob Wolf is the founder of Element, 
which is the drink I'm drinking. I'm oh, drinking yeah. first today. <laughs> yeah. So thanks, Rob, for the prepackaged salts. We love it. <laughs> yeah. But um, so he basically talks about how um, low salt diets can relate to increased osteoporosis risk, Whoa. possibility of calcification in blood vessels. Calcification. Um, Ways to modulate diet and reduce risk of hypertension mm-hmm. if it runs in your family. Um, and just a bunch of other things about salt and why it's actually good for you. So busting a few myths about like, yeah. we should not be eating any salt. Like blah, blah, blah. salt diet. Right. Yeah. Because a lot of the times it's not the salt itself right. that's bad for you. It's mm-hmm. things that come with salt. Like all the unhealthy oils and... Mm fast food yeah I feel like like it's easy for people to hear hear things like that you know and saying like oh actually the low salt diet might not be the best diet for you and you know maybe it's the diet that some people need every that's that's a key point you know everybody is different right and different diets work for different people you know disclaimer there right but point being that when you say something new or say like have a new claim about something that has been established in the medical community as this is what is good. Low sodium diet is good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really easy for people to be doubtful and skeptical about the new changes. But if you just look the past 50 years, you know, you know, maybe even a little longer, a hundred years. I don't know. How long ago was it that doctors were recommending that patients use cigarettes? You know? Oh like, yeah. Like yeah. That wasn't I that know. long ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, recommendations change probably slower than you know research is done because as research comes out and people learn new things it takes a minute for those practices to get adopted so we're not necessarily saying that like a high salt diet is a good diet but just saying well there's like an optimal window right yeah Yeah. which he talks about in this episode yeah so just being willing to have your mind be a little open to things that go against the grain a little bit yeah exactly and like if you are healthy um and you would like to try this out, you know, maybe trying it and see how you feel. Because I know I um, actually have struggled with low electrolytes for a really long time. Like when I was in high school, my senior year, I um, it was starting to eat a little healthier my senior year. And I felt like I was going to pass out like during every swim practice. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to the doctor and he was like, uh... Yeah, you just need to eat more salt. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was just like, what? Also, I love That's that all that you was have the to recommendation. Tell me. I love that it wasn't like, here, yeah. start this medication and, you know, you need to do XYZ medicine-wise, pharma, pharma, pharma. Yeah, yeah. That's, that is true. I'm glad he said that. But I was also like, I'm at the doctor. All you're telling me to do is eat more salt when everywhere else they people say, like, eat less salt. Like, what? Yeah. So that was my first interaction with, like, oh, interesting. Salt could be a necessary thing. Yeah. And something I, like, was really curious about, too, um, when I first heard about this, I was like, okay, well, where do people, like, back in the caveman days, um, when we lived off the earth, like, you know, ate fully natural paleo, whatever, Mm -hmm. where did we get salt from? Why is salt so important? And then I heard somewhere, like, oh... We ate, like when you eat meat, mm-hmm. you're also eating, you're also consuming the blood of the animal. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, and that's where animals get their salt in the wild. Mm-hmm. And blood is like very, very salty. So okay. that's where I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. That's probably where we got a lot of salt. Plus, from water, because like if you drink running water, 
it usually has a lot of minerals in it mm-hmm. from like running over rocks and things like that. So fair point. In case you're a little skeptical of like humans don't actually need salt, that's where we probably originally got it from. Also, curious question, just thinking about animals. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that and I don't know the answer to this. You might not know the answer to this, but I know that especially like horses or like, I remember we had rabbits growing up. Like we always had like a salt lick Yeah. for them, you know, yeah. like they love it. You know, I'm like, I'm just a little curious as to, I feel like animals are maybe a little more in tune with eating when they need to eat, craving the things they, they need yeah, for their, their body. body you know, they're not like... <laughs> They're not, like, addicted to sugar like humans are. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm craving sugar. I must need sugar. Right. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like, they're a little more natural with their diets. You know what I mean? Yeah. So why why is it that they would, like, crave salt, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Just, just thought. I'll have to look that up. And it must be an essential vitamin slash mineral. <laughs> mineral, not a vitamin. Sorry. <laughs> Salty vitamin. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, if you're interested in the Optimal Body Podcast, those are two... I two episodes I really liked, but they also have like a whole plethora of episodes on a range of topics. So mm-hmm. anything that strikes your fancy, I'm sure, would be great to listen. To. Yeah. Um. How long are the podcast episodes? Oh, never more than an hour. Mm, Usually, nice. I they have little like quick tips for your body. Like there was one about piriformis pain, which is kind of pain in your butt. Mm-hmm. Um, about piriformis muscle. Yeah. Anatomy one on one, guys. Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> But yeah, so that episode would be around like 25 minutes. But then these episodes where they have guests are anywhere from like 45 to 55 minutes. Mm. So nice and short. Yeah. Yeah. And listen to it on the drive somewhere. Yeah. Or cleaning the house. Or during a workout or run or something. Yeah. Yeah, That's one of my favorite times to listen to podcasts is on on a run. Yeah, me too. It's me in in like a zen mode. Yeah. And I totally forget about running. And I'm just like, oh my god, yeah. That oh, I because when I was listening to that, um, the one about the stress with the Apollo device, mm-hmm. I think I was running like eight or ten miles, and I was like, oh my god, this is so cool, and I totally wasn't even thinking about how far I was running. Nice. <laughs> yeah, ten miles, no problem. Oh yeah, <laughs> once upon a time that was me. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, Kate here. When we recorded this episode, we realized it was super long, so we decided to cut it into two parts. So thanks for listening to the first part, and we'll catch you next week for the second part. Bye!